0: Again, this is one of those things that I said about like winning the Naismith and winning all these Player of the Year awards. It's cool. It's great. We've been expecting it. But I don't think it's sunken in yet just how cool this actually is. Like This sounds so weird. It sounds so crazy. Obi Toppin winning all of these awards. He you, you won the Karl Malone Award earlier today for you know the best power forward in college basketball. The Wooden Award. That just uh, came out less than an hour ago. I mean, holy smokes. This kid swept every individual award this season. He played at Dayton. We believe in Dayton. We believe in the Flyers. But not a lot of people outside of this city look at Dayton as a national contender. No one looked at UD in the A-10 and said, oh, they're right up there with the Kentuckys and Dukes. And are they? Not on a year-to-year basis. And I was one of those that believed that, hey, Dayton doesn't have a shot in the A-10 to do what they did this year. And yet, here we are. Almost, I mean, had a chance to be a number one seed and had a chance to potentially go on to win a national championship. And I've asked this question before in regards to the more awards that come in for this season, does it make it even, hard, does it make it even harder for you to mourn the 2019-2020 season? The NCAA tournament, that wasn't. You know if you know if UD had a you know won twenty two twenty three games and they were ranked number nineteen or twenty in the country and you were excited for them as a potential nine or a ten seed you know it, that's one thing right like you know it, it's one thing if that's the case. You know, and then the season, the NCAA tournament doesn't happen, and I don't. I mean, you would always say, "Oh man, I think that they're good enough to win a game or two in the tournament." But you would not have felt as robbed as uh, of of an experience. It would have been disappointing to not see the number nineteen Flyers in the NCAA tournament. But we're talking about a team that had a chance to be the number a number one seed. We're talking about a team that had, uh, you know, by being a one seed, you have the path to get to the final four. Basically, you know, padded for you to get there. Now, I shouldn't say padded because there's a reason that you rarely, if ever, see the four number one seeds in the final four, but this was a year that everything just seemed to be going the Flyers' way. Everything that can go their way went their way. 29-2. and two. Naismith National Coach of the Year, Naismith National Player of the Year. I'd say that's pretty damn good. And now you had Wooden Player of the Year, Carmelone Award. I mean, Obi Toppin swept every major award that you could think of. Uh, and that's beyond impressive. But like I said, with that being said, this award, that feels great. It's another, it's another bullet point to put on the resume of the 2019-2020 Flyers uh, you know, resume. And I, I think it makes it even harder. Because it's, you know, always, this is always going to be the team that we look back at and say, man, what could have been? What could have been? What could have been? been? The biggest what-ifs. You know, we've done that topic in in years past where we've said, oh, what are the biggest what-ifs in sports, you know? What if LeBron had never left Cleveland the first time? What if Shaq and Kobe never parted ways? What if, you know, they never, sh- you know, what if the Lakers never traded Shaq? Would, the, would Kobe and Shaq have won X amount more titles, you know? What if Archie would have stayed at Dayton instead of, you know, then you, you know what I mean? Like, we could always play that game with the biggest what-ifs, but the biggest what if in all of sports that will always pain this area will always be... What if there was no COVID-19 and there was a 2020 NCAA tournament? What if to see the Flyers out on the floor, that March, you know, the NCAA tournament-themed floors in Indy or in Cleveland first and then to Indy uh, in the the Sweet 16 Elite Eight and then to get to the final four? I mean, holy smokes, guys. The biggest what if in all of sports will always be what if the Flyers had a chance with this roster to play in the NCAA tournament? What could have been? It doesn't, I mean, there's postseason awards coming in. The NCAA tournament not happening doesn't take away from the accomplishments of what this team was able to to accomplish this year. But, man, every award that came in for Anthony Grant, every award that came in for OB Toppin, every award that came trickling in, to me, it made it more difficult to deal uh, with the fact that this team was not playing in the NCAA tournament. Because it was just a reminder of how good this team actually was. They weren't just a good basketball team; they were an elite basketball team this year. UD was an elite team, uh, and you're always going to be looking back at this year, saying, "Man, what could have been." It's the Justin Kinner Show right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station 1410 Wing AM again tomorrow. Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Radio will be on. Uh, I mean, he has. I mean, he just had on, on the Aaron Torres podcast. He had Obi Toppin on with him, uh, and he has nothing but glowing things to say about the future NBA lottery pick, maybe the number one pick, who knows. But how cool would that be, by the way? And, I, and I'm curious people's thoughts on this as well. If you could see Obi Toppin play, you know, what's your dream landing spot for him in the NBA? You know, is it Cleveland? Is it the Golden State Warriors? Is it the Atlanta uh, the Atlanta Hawks? I mean, where do you want to see Obi Toppin end up? For me, for, okay, for, so this is how I would rank it. Selfishly, Cleveland... Three hours away, you can easily access, you know access them there. You can easily get to Cleveland to watch them on a night in night out basis if need be. Uh, but my concern is is with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they're a horribly run organization. Uh, they can never keep a, they they take the LeBron era out. They are always a team picking in the top five. I mean, how many number one picks have they had in the two thousands without LeBron James? Four. I mean, like, come on. Like, they are regularly the worst team in the league. So I'm not, I think that that would be a bad landing spot for Obi. Now, if he goes to Cleveland and turns it around, that's one thing. Now, let's be real here. I'm going to be real with you. I love Obi Toppin. I think he's legit, but he's not LeBron James, okay? He's not going to go take a team and turn them around. He is not going to be, uh, you know, I I don't look at Obi. and maybe the sky's the limit, but I don't look at him as going in and having the type of year that Zion was having in the short amount of time uh, that he was out on the floor. I don't look at him as turning a franchise around as year like lebron james did um so again he can go there i'm not saying it's impossible to turn cleveland around but cleveland has ruined so many top draft picks that i don't want to see that be obi i don't want to see obi go to cleveland and cleveland do what cleveland does and that is of course ruin the progression and growth of their young stars i don't want to see him there i would love to see him in atlanta I'd love to see him playing with Trey Young. I'd love to see, I mean, with Trey Young's scoring ability and his passing ability and the fact that the defense would always be still locked in on Trey Young, you know, you have that Batman-Robbins, you know, situation going on where Obi is always going to benefit from the way that the defense rotates and plays off of Trey Young. I mean, Obi will be flying all over the place in Atlanta. I think that would be a hell of a landing spot. Uh, The Knicks... The Knicks are very similar, not very similar to Cleveland because the Knicks are the Knicks and Cleveland's Cleveland but uh, you know, Obi Toppin, Madison Square Garden, you know, New York, I mean how cool would that be? That would be very cool, it would be very unique, that's about as one of the biggest stages that you could put Obi Toppin on, but again very similar to Cleveland I don't want to see him go to an organization that is regularly drafting and picking in the top five, Uh, an organization that just cannot seem to get out of their own way I believe that they would ruin Obi Toppin and I don't want to see Obi Toppin go to New York Well, watching Obi play at Madison Square Garden, that's as big as it gets. Don't get me wrong. But I also look at that scenario and say, uh uh-uh. I want him to go somewhere that is going to allow him to you know, progress, that's going to allow him to get better, and I don't believe that's New York. I do not believe that's Cleveland. I believe Atlanta could be that spot. But the number one team, the number one landing spot for Obi Toppin that I think that he would just absolutely thrive in, because he would not have to go to this team and be the guy, which is the most prime situation for him, and that is the Golden State Warriors. And I'm not just saying Golden State because oh, I want to see him play for a NBA championship contender. Although yes, that has something to do with it. Keep in mind the Golden State Warriors are in a rare situation. Okay, they you know they are they're picking as high as they are because you lost Kevin Durant. Yes, but because your two best players, by the way, your two best players that you've won an, that you've won an NBA title with are out. You didn't have Steph Curry and you didn't have Klay Thompson. That alone, right there, is why the Golden State Warriors are not your traditional lottery, you know, not your traditional team picking that high in the draft. They're picking that high because they don't have their two best players. They don't have Clay Thompson. They don't have Steph Curry. They lost Kevin Durant. And although you're not going to get Kevin Durant back next year, you're without Kevin Durant, but you've won an NBA title with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green before. Can they get back to that same style of play that won them 70 games back in 16? You know, can they get back to that, you know, style of play that led them to an NBA championship in 2015? Absolutely. But I don't think that that roster, I think that they, you know, we've seen how elite that roster can be when you had a star player into the mix. They're off of that money from Kevin Durant. They can go out and add that max player. Can you imagine the onto in Golden State with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry? And Draymond Green and an Obi Toppin? But take onto cooper out of that equation. I bring up Golden State because of the spacing of the floor. You know, I think that the Atlanta Hawks space the floor real well, and a lot of that has to do with the point guard play of Trey Young and his ability, uh, you know, to play, you know, to isolate, doing one-on-one, also to see the floor and to get his teammates involved. That's why I would love to see him in Atlanta playing with Trey Young if necessary. But Golden State, the spacing of the floor is so key for a guy like Obi Toppin. You, you, I mean, Flyer fans, you've watched him at UT Arena. You've watched him for two years now. When that guy just has an inch of open space, he makes you pay. He's a walking highlight reel. And I think in Golden State with the Warriors, when you have Klay Thompson on one side, Steph Curry on the other, that defense is going to be so spread out, so locked in, doing everything they can either off the screen, going they're not going to go underneath. Everything's going to be over the top, and whenever time a guy goes over the top on a screen, that's going to open up those slip situations, those pick and roll situations. Obi Toppin would be a superstar with the Golden State Warriors because he would not be he would not have to be the superstar. He could be a superstar with the Warriors because he wouldn't have to be. I don't want him to go to Cleveland to carry a team. I don't want him to go uh, to New York to carry a team. I want Obi to go be a role player right off the bat and turn in to that superstar player. To me, the Golden State Warriors would be the most ideal landing spot for him, Uh, and it's crazy to me that he's even in that position in the first place. How lucky would he be to end up with the Warriors? Like I said, most teams who are picking at the top of the draft, they're garbage. They're trash. The Warriors' record is trash this year, but they're a trash roster because they're banged up. They're not your traditional team. It reminds me of a few years ago in the NFL. Uh, you just don't draft running backs that high. I mean, you, we've seen teams change that narrative the last few years. But it really started with the, the year that the Dallas Cowboys selected you know Ezekiel Elliott uh, in 2015. Um, you know, in 2015, when they selected Ezekiel Elliott, it was funny because everyone was like, well, why would you, you have a number four overall pick, why would you use it on a running back? The Dallas Cowboys were not your traditional top five pick. All right? they, were, they were picking top five not because they were just a horrible organization and a horrible team that year. They were a horrible team that year because you know they lost DeMarco Murray and they also lost Tony Romo. Tony Romo was out hurt that whole year. They ended up not re-signing Murray and everyone knew just how good Murray was behind that offensive line for the Cowboys. So they were able to take a chance on drafting Zeke Elliott that high because they weren't they were already a Super Bowl contender. They were Super Bowl favorites that year. When they had Murray and Romo healthy. You lost Murray, you lost Romo early, then they were out of the equation. Then you draft Zeke and all of a sudden it was like, holy smokes, now you have Des Bryant, you have Zeke, and you have Tony Romo. That was supposed to be the reincarnation of the Troy Aikman, uh, Irvin and Emma Smith days. And it's kinda sad how that ended up turning into Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Zeke. I don't think they really got what they wanted out of that. But you see my point. My point is is that the Dallas Cowboys picked Zeke and they instantly became contenders because they were already contenders but because they were without their star players and Tony Romo and Murray they were in a better position. And that reminds me of the Golden State Warriors right now. Obi Toppin's that missing piece. You could take a chance on him and he can go there and thrive and not have to be the guy the Golden State Warriors make the most sense. 4579464 it's the Justin Kinner Show right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. And, again, I'm looking forward to tomorrow uh, to, to get a visit with Aaron Torres. And we'll talk more about OB, NBA, college football. He talks it all. We'll talk it all. And that's coming up on tomorrow's show. Last thing as we close it out, the Justin Kinner Show fan segment. Every Wednesday, I will have a different co-host for about 20 minutes. For a 20-minute segment, you have a chance to be a sports radio host for the day. Go apply. Go register at wingam.com. To win the Justin Kinner fan segment, uh, you know contest that we're doing right now, you'll get your picture and all the online elements. You'll get your name and all the on-air promos. Take advantage of that. Beginning next Monday, we will draw our first winner. Next Wednesday, we'll have our first Justin Kinner show fan segment that will feature you uh, as my co-host for the 20-minute segment. That you will be in complete control. You will pick the topic. You can pick any topic you want. And we'll hit the ground running and have some fun. So make sure you go and register for that as well. All right, folks, that wraps it up for us. This has been the Justin Kinner Show on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM.